Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. My name is Josh Baldwin. I'll be your host this week on the Switch Leader Podcast. And I'm here with my really good friend, Caitlin Caffrey. Caitlin's just a really good person. If you don't know Caitlin Caffrey, you really haven't lived life to its fullest. Oh, and wow. I realize that she probably feels like she can't fully agree with what I'm saying right now. But just know, like you guys hear James talk a lot on the podcast, and I just cannot stress enough that today we have been given an upgrade. And I just really want, (laughs) I'm sorry, but if a week goes by that James isn't on here and I don't say something to spite him, it feels wrong. It almost feels like sin, okay, for me not to do that. that You've got some hijacked desires that you may need to reorder <laughs> no. in the presence of Jesus. I, I don't I don't know. I can't <laughs> I don't claim to have that all figured out. I'm just I'm I'm just sharing my heart here. So oh, I'm an open okay. book, people. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. My feelings on my sleeve. How's that saying go? Anyways. Hey, so this coming Wednesday, there is not switch happening in real life at our mm-hmm. locations. Right. I know. And that's usually what students do when we remind them of that from stage. They boo us. It's the one time in switch that I'm okay with being booed. And so what Caitlin and I are here to do today is to just bring you what we hope to be astounding clarity on Mm -hmm. what it really means when there is no switch in real life and what opportunities it presents to you. So Caitlin, give us a little bit of an idea of what things could look like in Switch as a leader on a week like this. Yeah, that's good. So not having Switch in real life creates this beautiful opportunity for us to capitalize on the power of another context for strengthening those relationships. So our students, Josh, they see us in the context of like being in the church building one night a week and like being their small group leader but they don't ever see us in other contexts, most likely. Like they don't see us at home making dinner. They don't see us just like chilling in our PJs, watching movies. Like they don't see us at sports games, like screaming and being really competitive. Maybe that's just me, but- (laughs) That might just be. (laughs) That is how I am at, at every type of sporting event. But anyways- Whatever you do, do it with all your heart, okay? That is my life first. No, it's not, but it should be. But what I know, Josh, is that like experiencing something different together builds relationships. Like I think of when I like did my first service project with my small group as a kid growing up or like we went and got smoothies together or coffee or like went over to my leader's house and watched a movie. And then inevitably someone says something hilarious and someone spits out their popcorn and another person inhales their soda. And these are the memories that like stick in my brain forever because like it was different and it was new and it was an exciting experience that we all had together. And there's like something about shared experiences that build and strengthen relationships in a really cool way. And that's why I get excited. Even though we get booed, that is why I get excited for the opportunity (laughs) that not having switch in the building can create. Right. I I love when you talk about that change in context, how another context, the power of another context can strengthen relationships. It makes me think of lots of different contexts in my life. So I played sports growing up. It makes me think about the context that I had with my coaches 
versus the context that I had with my teachers. I had some coaches who were also teachers, right? So like my math teacher was also my basketball coach growing up. Mm. And I had a very different relationship with him as a teacher even than I had with yeah. my other teachers. Now, it wasn't because he his teaching style was just like so much better or uniquely different than everybody else's. It was because we had different context in our relationship yeah. where I saw him at practice after school every day. You know, like I saw him on the court. He pushed me in a, in a different way. And so we built this different relationship. And makes me think if you guys have ever been on like a retreat of any kind. So for, mm. for anything that you went and you did like an overnight retreat where, you know, you spend time with people, you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning, it's more time with those same people. I, I always tell people it, it feels like when you go on a retreat, you accomplish three months worth of mm. depth that you would gain if you were just to, to kind of do the ordinary daily grind or pattern. Yeah. Um, my son, Eli turns, he turned 12 yesterday. We're having his birthday party today. Let's go. Listen, people, I just want you to know my commitment as a parent, as <laughs> this, this may even be commitment as a youth pastor, um, as a follower of Jesus, we might even yeah, take it that far. Good. I am going to have 10 extra sixth grade boys stay the night at my house tonight. Oh, okay. 10. So. I feel like I kind of bombed on my son's birthday last year. We were just so busy. And just know that I am just massively making up for it this year is what's happening. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to have 10 extra sixth grade boys. These kids, the majority of them that are here are on a baseball team together. It's, it's mm. most of his baseball team. And it's really cool because most of those boys know each other in the context of a baseball team. Right. But they're about to know each other in a very different context because they're going to spend so much time together right. that I'm actually interested to see how it affects them on the baseball field. Yeah. Because because they're going to be closer. And so it's I just good. think context is so, so important. And like you said, this week potentially presents an opportunity for that context of your relationship with your students to look a little different. Yeah, that is so good. As you're talking about... uh Eli's birthday, which I think we all need to just observe a moment of silence for you and your sanity yeah. in this situation. <laughs> um, dear Jesus, help him. Yeah. But <laughs> it made me think about my life group and like the most trusted relationships that I have in my life. And for those people, we don't just see each other at life group. Like that's just like that's not the only context in which our relationships grow and like equity is gained. I think that there's something to this idea of like it builds equity for people to see us outside of the context where we have to be. Like yep. I made this commitment to be a switch leader, so I have to be here. But there's something to stepping outside of that situation. Like when someone from my life group shows up to play volleyball with me on a Saturday morning or someone from my life group shows up to dinner at my house on a Tuesday night, there is something about them not having to be there but choosing to be there that like 100%. speaks so much volume to me as a person right. and builds that connection, that trust, and that relationship. So Josh, we, we want to just encourage our leaders to do two things. We want to encourage them to actually capitalize on this opportunity in some way, shape, or form. And then thing number two, we want to encourage you not to overcomplicate it. Like this doesn't mean that you now have to like plan a gala worthy event 
for your students. Like this doesn't mean that you have to like make this the like make sure this is the best night of their entire lives by doing a hundred and fifty different things and taking them all to their favorite restaurant, which is like literally impossible. What we are saying is like, what would it look like to either intentionally step into their world in some way, or what would it look like to intentionally invite them into your world in some way? I love what you said about your life group, because it makes me think too about how applicable this is to each one of us. When we just think about the layers or the depth of relationship. Like I I could start listing off names of switch leaders who at one time, my connection to them was that they were a switch leader, right? I was a youth pastor. They were a switch leader. And so over time, like we became friends. But eventually when some things got really hard in my life, they became family. And Mm. it wasn't because that was what they had to do as a switch leader. It was because that's what they chose to do as a follower of Jesus, that's as good. a brother and sister in Christ. They went, no, like, yes, I my initial relationship with you was switch leader, but that's not boundaries that I'm limited to. And so I want to make sure this is clear. We are not telling everyone listening, hey, it's a requirement that this week you find a way to spend a bunch of time with your students. That's actually not what we're saying. Right. What we're trying to do is present you with an opportunity which is to say, hey, the fact that you are not required, right? just know that if you're trying to find a way to go even deeper, to get to know your students even better, or to get them to trust you even more, the way to do that is to make sure that they understand that their relationship with you does not stop at the doors of the church. Come on. Their relationship with you is so much more valuable than that. The church may have been where it began, but it is not where it ends because yeah. because in truth, your goal would be, hey, I'm with you, man. If you need me, you've got me. Like, yeah. like I am on your team and it's not just on Wednesday nights. And so I, I love the opportunity that it presents. And I think like you, my hope is that that some listening would go, man, I, I've got to take this. We're not Mm -hmm. asking you to have your students stay at your house. As a matter of fact, I'm going to encourage you not to do that. Okay. So (laughs) just to be clear, my example of my son having his baseball team, not, not what I was hinting (laughs) at, but we are encouraging you if, if you can create opportunity for them to show up. And then I would also say this, sometimes people don't do things because they're worried. They're like, well, there was only going to be like three of them be able to make it. That's Mm. a, that's just an absolute thousand percent win. That's if so you have true. three students show up, just know that the win couldn't be bigger because the depth that you will get to have with those three students will be incredible. You also need to make sure that you have two adult leaders. Just make sure there's accountability in place. Make sure that yep. those things are valuable. It's not just for you. It's not just for your students. It's for both. It's for everybody involved. Caitlin, is there anything else that you um, would like to add? Yeah, I would love to just like throw out a couple of practical ideas and suggestions Um Jenny Allen has said before that the people that she has most effectively discipled in her life are the people who she has just like invited to do the basic life things with her. So a couple of ideas that just like can make this really practical for you. Again, depending on the age grade of your switch group, whatever. Thing number one, are you grocery shopping slash meal prepping this week? Can you just like invite a couple of your students to go to the grocery store with you guys and you just like 
I don't know, find some something fun to make for dinner yeah. and like have That's them good. be part of that process. Or like, do you always go to a coffee shop on Saturday morning? What would it look like to invite a couple of your students again to just like come hang out at a coffee shop with you and drink some coffee and read and talk about Jesus or something like that? Again, age appropriately. Are your are your sixth graders playing baseball? Sweet. What would it look like to show up to a baseball game this week? I don't know. What does it look like to make those natural life connections and also to just not overcomplicate it? Because discipleship happens in the real life stuff. So you, like I said, you don't have to manufacture some over-the-top experience for it to be meaningful. And I think that's just what I want to emphasize as we close out this episode, that we don't have to we don't have to make something exciting. It will just truly be exciting to them that you show up and invite them into your world or step into theirs a little bit. Absolutely. Overcomplicating things is typically what leads us to not doing things. Yeah. We overcomplicate them. They make us tired. We think about it. And we're like, oh, it's too much. It's so much investment. And so then we just choose not to do it at all. When instead we could have said, hey, I'm going to be at Brahms from six to seven for ice cream and would love for your parents to drop you off and hang out. It could literally so be good. that simple. Yep. And it is just you making yourself available to say, hey, this is where I'm going to be. And I'd love to be there and hang out with you and just catch up. No agenda. But it's just an opportunity. This is going to be a really great week. Whatever it is that you end up doing, there will be some stories that come from it. Share those stories with your youth pastor. Make sure that they yeah. know, man, we did this this week and it was a huge win. Share it with your uh, fellow switch leaders and help everybody be able to continue to connect with their students. We love you guys. Thank you for making it important to listen every week. Thanks for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh.